Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage, and practice self-care, and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power, and this allows us to impact, serve, and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Chantal Gatien. I hope I said that right. So I am, this episode is super special to me because I actually have had the pleasure of working with Chantal and Corlin these last few months in really in design to scale, learning how to put systems in my business being able to scale, doing the tech side of it, where honestly, this was just a foreign concept for me last year. And I literally kept looking, going, no, I need to hire somebody else out. And this is exactly why they built their program with design to scale, because it's teaching the entrepreneur how to simplify their business and put the systems in place to scale it. So that's the first thing why I love this episode. The second is because she's a genius and she shares so much of herself in this episode. This is the real and raw conversations that I love having. So I absolutely hit record because we were just diving in and it was incredible conversation. Chantel is a marketing and web strategist. She runs a successful digital marketing agency for the last five years. Through this time, she realized she was taking the power away of women who are wanting to run an online business. She was doing all the right things for them to grow their business. But as soon as she realized that she wasn't empowering them to understand their own business themselves, she then looked at this differently. And now she focuses on teaching women how the technical side of running and scaling their online businesses through design to scale with her partner, Corlin Hazelwood, how this is such an important part of your business and it doesn't have to be complicated. And I'm telling you, it doesn't because I don't even know how to put this into words and I don't put this into words enough. I will. How important it is to understand your business in order to scale it. So yes, that's a big part of this episode today, but an even bigger part is she shares her story. And I freaking love when people show up in their true authentic state, they share their story with you. And this is such a powerful, powerful episode. I know you're going to love it. Look at how red my face is. Welcome to the show today, Chantel. If that just feels like it just started, it just did because I just hit record because there was way too much magic not to start. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> now. See? Look at you flipped your words. That's not what you said a few minutes ago. No, Tell I'm us. actually terrified. I'm not going to, I, I literally just said, I'm a little nervous because I don't know if I have anything to talk about, but. Oh my God. And this is this stuff I love. I love like when clients say to me, I don't think I have anything to say. And I'm like, oh, if I could reach through that screen, I would probably slap you. <laughs> Which is so funny because I'm usually on the other side of it. I know. I've seen you. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen you in action on the other side of it. But see, this is... This is why it's so important because this is the realness that people don't see. I, I, like you, I have moments like that and I think, oh my God, like, I don't think I have anything to add or I don't think this is my area. And I be, I'm step into being real with people. And they're like, well, that's ridiculous. I'm like, well, it's not ridiculous. It's real. I'm just being honest. And I love that you shared that. So I'm going to prove you wrong as we do (laughs) podcast, just so you know, (laughs) it's just, you know what, it just goes to show, like, it doesn't matter what level you're at, whatever it is, like, we're still all very human. And like, I still get those times. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because you want to know why the magic happens when you're not thinking about it. <laughs> That's why this is going to be so good. I absolutely, I know it. And you, and here's the thing. I get a lot of messages from people asking to be on the podcast. And I'm really picky about the stories that I bring in just because I know I want 
people to add value to the show. And I love you. I reached out and said, I would love to have you on the show. And you're like, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then I feel really honored right now. Real honored. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So thanks for hanging out with us for the last five minutes while we had a chat for everyone. Um, This is just a conversation. So let's start with, so people get to know a little bit more about you. Where are you from? Cool. Uh, Do we want the whole details? Like, where am I from? Whatever, whatever comes out. So funny. Like, uh, so I, I live in Burlington now, which if I'm sure most of your listeners are, they're all over. So that's a little outside of Toronto, Ontario in Canada, Mm -hmm. for some of you that don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm technically like a little country bumpkin. Like I'm originally from this small town, four hours North from here in Sudbury, Ontario. Okay. And so the life I live today is very different than the, the life I was brought up in. Let me just put it that way. What I do as an entrepreneur, and I'm probably spinning off here, but you know, I was born and raised to either work for a pension, work for benefits. Um, You know, you just, you worked it out. You, you did as you could, you supported your family. And so I'm, I'm a, a a hybrid of (laughs) where I was raised and where I'm from. I love that. Thank you for sharing, because I think that that's, that's really it's important. It's a part of us. I watched my dad as an entrepreneur from a, like as, as long as I can remember and work through multiple businesses that failed multiple things that, you know, just completely tanked and watched them get back up and create again. And they, my parents have done very well for themselves. Now they've worked really, really hard, but they didn't create this business until we were gone. So people are like, you know, it's must be, what was that like to grow up with that? I'm like, oh, we didn't have Christmas presents for years because they didn't have anything. That's what we grew up in. So the life they have now is very different than what they had when we, when we grew up. So I think that's a great thing to add. Um, Are you a reader? And if you are, what is the most impactful book you've read? Oh, I am a reader. Mm -hmm. There's a couple really good ones. So two pivotal ones from big moments in my life. One was a return to love by Marianne Williamson, I believe. Yep. It is. Yeah. And, uh, that was a big one was when like, I went through this really devastating breakup, which actually was a pivotal moment in my life in general. It was, I learned a lot about myself and a return to love, like spearheaded probably the journey and whatever it is that I'm on the trajectory that I'm on now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big one just for life. And I've, I've, I've actually recommended that book for even men, men who are struggling in their relationships. Right. Cause I, I did a lot of relationship coaching when I first started out at my business, funny enough. And the second one is the big leap by Gay Hendricks, probably one of my favorite all-time business books ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Huge. That was a big pivotal one too. It is one I go back to once a year usually. And it's funny because I think it talks about your upper limits and our upper limits, like as we were saying before, they're always there. They just, they might raise and be different, but there's still always an upper limit. And um, it goes along that lines of like, good is the enemy of great. How many times do we just say, well, this is, this is good enough. It's okay. And really we can still be grateful for what we have and want to create more. It's not either, or it can be, and we can. Absolutely. But I, and you're right. That's a book that I go back to. I I don't read, I don't read a book a second time. A lot of times, maybe once in a while, that's a book that I go back and read often as well. It's a real easy read. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could get through it easily, but it also like what I think people don't realize is starting a business and creating a business is going to be like one of the biggest personal development tools you've ever experienced in your life. right? (laughs) Ever. Like people think they need to take 10 self-development courses before they start a business. And I'm like, it's the other way around. Start your business. Trust me. self-development will come right and this one just tied in together because how I'm showing up in one area of my life is how I'm either showing up or struggling in another area of my life and this book really illuminates that and and brings it to life so 
Mm-hmm. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. That book has come up many, many times on the show. And I always refer it to clients. I'm like, you've got it. You have to read it. Cause you start to understand like, and we're going to get into this shortly, but you are your business. You're mm-hmm. always your business. So if you don't work on you first, then your limiting factor in your business is, is you. It's always. You. Yeah. Always. Yeah. You will so, always be the thing that either propels it forward or moves yeah. it back. It's such a Hold hard thing to come to. It's such a hard thing to understand, but it's so true. And every time something isn't going the way I want, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let's just a second here. What let's do an internal check. What yeah. are you doing? What are you not doing? And it's like, oh crap, that is me. That's totally me. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a really sobering moment. <laughs> it is hundred percent. That's ownership. So speaking of that, what does the word ownership mean to you? Oh God. I actually don't love that word to be quite honest with you. Like it all depends, I guess, in which sense you want to use it. I think in the sense of having to own your own shit and I'm hoping I can speak as candidly as I want. Please do. Okay. (laughs) I think in terms of like owning your own shit and that kind of ownership, I love the word. I love the sense of the word in other ways. Like I don't like ownership over things. Um, that, that I'm, I, I'm hoping that that's not what you're talking about, but God, no. in terms of ownership, I think it's the make it or break it in life, in life and who you are as a person and who you are, how you show up. I mean, it's so easy to be able to point the finger all the time and say, this isn't working so easy to be able to point the finger and say, this is why this didn't happen. Or that is why that didn't happen. But there's two things that always stick out to me when I think of ownership, right? If I'm not the problem, then there is no solution. So if I am not part of the problem, then how am I going to be able to find the solution? Being able to point the finger of blame or, or try to find that is not going to relieve me of what's going on. It's not going to push me forward in the direction that I need to go. It's not going to be able to allow me to find the solution. And the other one, which I just pointed, is like when I'm pointing a finger to someone, I've got three other ones that are pointing back at me. Mm. Right. And so like, there's a majority there. And if I'm not looking at the majority, then that one little thing that I'm doing is not, it's just not going to work. It's not going to help. You you nailed it. I think you absolutely nailed it to me. I've done so many podcast topics on this, but blame and ownership sit at the opposite ends of the spectrum. So that's how I look at ownership. It's not like I own over somebody. It's like, am I owning my own shit? And when we blame someone else, we're doing the complete opposite of ownership. And that's no change happens there, right? Like none, no change happens. And we all know people. And I did this too, where we sit and blame for a long time. And then all of a sudden it's like, God, this is just exhausting. Wait a minute. I can change this because I'm the only one who can change this. And that's where that comes from. And I love the second part you said about if, um, if you're not the problem, then you're also not the solution. That means, you know, we could sit and complain about where Ontario is right now, what life looks like right now. I can't control what's happening outside of here. And I mean, I think we could really get into that. And, and, and I know a lot of people do get stuck there, but we sat down yesterday and we looked at it and went since December 24th, Ontario has been open for six weeks. And like, just think about that for a second. Like just think about that. We're getting into the fifth month. We have been open for six weeks. And even the open times in those six weeks, they weren't even open. They weren't like, it was like, you know, small capacity, all these things. So it can get very easy to get stuck in that, but we don't have any control over that at all. And and I think I love what you're saying too, right? Like the control really comes in this as well, because There's so much, like when we're trying to take ownership of something, we're trying to control an outcome a lot of times, right? Or when we're not taking ownership of something, we're trying to control something outside of ourselves. And control is like the biggest illusion of all. Like there's absolutely no control. And the only thing we can ever control is ourselves, our thoughts, how we react, how we don't react into all of these things, right? And so I think that's the part of ownership that we can control. I think that's the part of our lives that we can control. And that's how we take ownership, right? Is by asking ourselves, what can I control out of this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what can I control? And am I stressing about the things I can't control? Because if I am, then it's not serving a purpose. Nice. It's not serving a purpose in my life. It's not serving a purpose in the life of the people around me. And I just wanted to say another thing too, like when we're 
stuck in that blame game like you were talking about, there's this thing that happens and we become a victim. We subconsciously become this victim, right? And then we become this victim mentality. All of a sudden, everything is happening to us. Mm -hmm. All these awful things are happening to us instead of, instead of getting empowered and saying like, I can control this, this, I can control this. I can't control this is out of my control. So there's no sense in me stressing about it, right? What's meant to be is going to happen and what's going to happen. Like I can only control how I show up, how I feel, how I, I, how I support others. Mm -hmm. Oh, you nailed it. And I'm, thank you for saying that because I think it's so powerful. And I openly share many times that it took me a long time to shift from victimhood, but yeah, So long, like honestly, so people who are listening, like there's no criticism whatsoever because I owned that space for a long time. I lived there. And then all of a sudden it was like, this is just, nothing is changing in my life. Why is that? And you stay in that victimhood. And I look at it now and I can see that in people. I can. Oh, I was just going to say that. I'm like, can't you see it? And people now like them, you're like, man, you're, and So I'm the kind of person, and I think maybe you've known this of me in maybe a couple of the circles that we've run in. (laughs) Yes, I can't wait for this one. Yeah, go. What's been brought to my attention is uh, I'm pretty direct and straightforward, (laughs) which I always thought I was really loving, right? But I also... You can be both. I think I am. I think I do it in a loving way because I would rather, instead of just co-sign someone's shit and listen to them the oh woe is me I would rather someone like really resent me or hate me for me saying listen you're stuck in your shit you're you're not the victim here right what can you do about it Mm -hmm. um so if you never want to hear that from me please don't come to me not wanting to hear a solution (laughs) oh my god oh my god yeah I think we might be separated at birth somewhere I just (laughs) Because here's the thing. And people say to me, can I ask you for your opinion? I'm like, only if you want it. Like if you actually don't want it, I would encourage you not to ask me because A, I have no poker face and B, I'm going to be honest with you. So I am going to be honest with you from a loving space, but I will be honest. And I think that that's really important. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's thousands of different coaches out there. So if that's not what you want, I'm not your person and I'm cool with it. I'm totally cool with it, but I will be honest with you because I know what honesty did in my life by being like, that's the kind of coaching I always look for myself because I don't want hand holding. I'd rather have the kick in the butt than the hand holding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's just me. Yeah. I I am the same way too, right? Like the hand holding for me personally Mm-hmm. for who I am as a person and how I like interact is like, it'll just allow me to stay where I am. Yes. It's not because like, and I think this is a really important distinction. It's not because I don't like, yes, I ask for support. Yes. I need support at times, but I don't want to stay in that space. I want to shift out of that space. And yeah. so I like to surround myself with people who will help me to shift out of it. Well, it's like, it's like that saying, right? Like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and getting different results. And what I've come to learn and what I've seen in the coaching world is someone, if I'm not jiving for someone that, you know, we will find truth in whatever we want to find truth in, right? We will, we will find um, validation in whatever we want to find validation. In. And there's going to be anybody that's going to validate you on what you want to hear, right? There will be those people out there. Yes. Right. If you want someone that's just going to listen to you and say, you know, I'm going to love and support you through this, you do your thing. There's someone out there that's going to do that. All right. But if you want someone who's going to be like, listen, I hear you. I see you. It sucks, but you got to do something about it. There's going to be people out there as well. Mm -hmm. So it all depends on what you're willing to hear, I guess, and what you want to hear. Okay. So good. So good. So (laughs) how, here comes some questions. How did you shift from victim into ownership in your life. Tell us a little bit, like, just be real, share with us where was a point in time in your life where you were as a victim. And then we'll go into how did you shift that? Like, how did you shift that? Yeah. So, you know, backstory is I was like a full blown in full blown addiction at a very young age. 
Mm-hmm. And so actually by the age of 20, I finally decided to get clean. So, you know, when people are usually starting to live the party life and, and branch out a little, that's when I decided to settle down. But, you know, I was a high school dropout. I couldn't finish my high school. I tried so many times and I didn't. And I was out of the house by the time I was 16 years old. And so, you know, if you've ever known or experienced, and I know you know this firsthand, but anybody well. with an addiction, huge victim mentality, right? Like the world is against them. They have, you know, everything's around them is crumbling, but none of, none of it is their fault. And that was me, right? To a T. None of it was my fault. I was just dealt a really shitty hand because of my upbringing, because of my this, because of my that. You know, nothing, nothing had to do with the fact that I was choosing drugs over everything and anything in my life. <laughs> There's like, yeah, I promise you there's zero judgment. You're just speaking and I know it. I lived this exact. Yes. Yes. Keep going. Yeah, right. And so yeah. I think from a young age, victimhood was something that was very easily ingrained in me because I was surrounded by that. You know, I, I hate to say it, but you know, I was surrounded by that from the people that came before me and my family who struggled, who struggled with addiction, who I've seen come in and out, just, you know, we just never had that positive outlook on things. That's what I knew. Mm -hmm. Um, so my first touch of really taking that accountability and dropping out of that victimhood and, and elevating from that was obviously a big kick in the ass when I got clean, you know, I used to go to meetings and recovery and was a big part of my life. And although that's not a big part of my life anymore, those are the principles I still live by. Those, those principles that were taught for me were like such amazing principles for life. It's still, they're still the principles I live by. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so accountability, it's always accountability, right? Like when I'm, it's taken time. I've had a lot of conversations with people where I'm like, they're like, well, I don't see you struggling with this, or I don't see you blah, blah, blah. And I said, this wasn't me five, 10 years ago. Like this has taken a lot of work for me to have this mindset, to have this mentality. Everybody thinks it just comes so naturally. Right. Yeah, don't even a, start. Yes. I know exactly. Kind of bullshit. Yeah, it is hundred percent. Yeah. And, and if, if I just want this to land, I don't mean, I don't want to interrupt you. I just want this to land for people who are listening. It is a pile of bullshit. But it also, the more we live in that belief, the more, and that comparison, the more we don't think we can do that ourselves. Yeah. And that's not true. No. And it's, it's, that's for anything. Like, look at the people who are starting out in businesses and because I help people build businesses on a day-to-day basis. And I work with a range and a variety of people from, you know, starting out to huge corporations, huge organizations, uh, multiple six-figure launch people. I, I see it all. Right. And the people who are always starting out and thinking, well, I see how successful this person is five, 10 years down the line. Why Mm -hmm. am I not successful like that right off the hop? And it's like, once again, you have not put in the work that this person has put in. Am I saying that it's going to take you five to 10 years? Absolutely not. But there is work that needs to be done. And this person has done the work. Mm -hmm. Right. 100%. Yeah. So never, never say you can't because. I always thought I couldn't either. I always thought that I wouldn't have been able to. And I remember there was a couple pivotal moments where I, you know, took charge back of my life. And one of them was getting into a really unhealthy relationship when I was like 21. And that person, that relationship, I shouldn't say that person, because that's also me not taking ownership, but that relationship, the part that I played in it, staying in it, really co-signing, very codependent, very sick and healthy, held me back for a really long time because that person's life became more important than mine. Mm -hmm. And I lost myself through that process. Right. And through that process of losing myself, I was, that's when the victim shit started again. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, is this just going to be a video or a recording? Just just recording. It's yeah. Just recording. Don't worry. Audio. Because I like to do this thing, but I always tell people, and this, this is so important, right? Like there's always three things that are going to happen when you're in this victim bullshit and you're surrounded by it is that you're either going to do the work and grow, right? You're going to do the work and grow. And a couple of things are going to happen. The things that you're being surrounded with, the people you're surrounded with right now that are at your level, that are doing the same things, that are living the same life, that are telling the same stories, that's either going to mean more to you. And you're going to be scared to grow and evolve and you're going to bottom out. 
you're going to bring yourself back down to that level. Mm-hmm. So there's that there, there's number one. Second one is that, you know what, you're going to start making the moves. You're going to start taking power of your own life. And that's going to inspire some people. And some of them will move up with you. Those things are going to elevate with you. Right. And that's beautiful. That's kind of the, what we all want, right? We, how many times have we said to ourselves, I'm going to get healthy and I expect my partner to do the same, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to start eating healthy and I expect my partner to do the same and they don't. And what do we do? We start eating like shit again. Right. All because my partner didn't do it with me. And so then there's a third thing that's going to happen is yes. Would it be so amazing that those people grew with us hundred percent, but that's not what growth is about. No. Right. Growth is about finding ourselves. Growth is about, um, you know, elevating ourselves and, and change, right. Growth is about change. It's not about, we obviously don't want what we're in because we're unhappy. We're we're living that shit or whatever we're sitting in it. And so the third thing's going to happen is you're going to grow, you're going to evolve. And what was once really attractive to you in terms of people, places, things, whatever it may be becomes really unattractive and and you're okay with letting that go. Oh, so, so good. Honestly, I actually, I love that you went here and those are three great points for people to take away because again, I would say, I always say, we don't know someone's story. We think that we do. We don't have a clue. We never have a clue. So don't, the amount of energy you put into comparing yourself to someone else is a beyond a waste of time because you don't know what their story is. No, so you really don't. And when you evolve and grow, like your circles can change drastically. So I had somebody I've been chatting with in the DMs who is actually, and I love this. I love, I love this, all parts of it. Who's pulling up old videos of mine and sending them to me and commenting on things that it is <laughs> triggering in them. Love, I love them. I love, I, but I'm like, wow, okay, this is good because I am okay with creating triggers. Like I'm a hundred percent okay with it. That's like my personality to a T. Yeah. And, but this person in this case is like, but how, like you say, I have to do X, Y, and Z but how is that possible when I'm here? I'm like, well, I'm speaking from now, but I want you to know that six years ago when I started, I also had to walk away from virtually everyone in my life. Yeah. And that's the six years that people don't see. So as you created change in your life, I'm assuming you had to walk away and not be attached and then just go first yourself. Yeah. It's like starting over. And it's really brutal. And it's happened multiple times in my life, right? Obviously, when I got clean, I can't hang out with those people anymore. Like, they're just not around, right? Right. And it's happened, you know, when I decided to stop going to meetings, those people kind of left, right? When you break up in a relationship, those people are gone. That that family that you've gotten so close with, that's gone, right? Like, the life that you've built, that's gone. And so there's so many times. And even when I started my business, right, I mean... I was under the impression that I was an entrepreneur and that I could do whatever I wanted to do at all times. And so lunches and not working and, oh, I've been out of the house for seven, eight hours, not a big deal. But then all of a sudden the work's not getting done. I'm not making any money. I'm having a hard time to pay my rent. The debt's piling up and I'm thinking, what the hell, right? And so those people that were entertaining my time and we were entertaining each other, Uh all of a sudden, you know, the nose had to start coming out like, no, I'm busy. Sorry. No, I'm busy. I'm sorry. Setting those boundaries, right? Like mm-hmm. setting those boundaries. I couldn't, I can't answer the phone. Oh my God, this is a big one. And it's still to this day, right? People think I own my own business. I could do whatever I want, whenever I want. Yeah, that's the truth. But I'm also very focused to my goals, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm also very focused to what it is that I want to do in my life and what the end goal is. So when I have friends calling me during the day, I used to pick up the phone and talk for a half hour, mm-hmm. hour. And then next thing you know, like nothing's getting done. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I just don't like, you could call me and just because you text me also doesn't mean I'm going to text you back right away. I might text you back two to three days later, because mm-hmm. right now it's not that you're not important, but that's just not something that I need to do right now. Right. And so I remember, and this is a pivotal moment too. I remember one of my buddies saying those people that were like, oh, let's go for a drive. Let's do this. Let's go grab a coffee, blah, blah, blah. And they basically just said like, yeah, we don't call you anymore because we know you're always just too busy. Right. And I thought, ouch, like that fucking hurts. It does. Fuck you. That's what I wanted to say at first. But then I was like, hang on a second. Right. We are six months down the line of me saying, no, you guys are still doing the same thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. 
right? Love you. You guys are still doing the same thing, but I'm now getting closer to where I want to be, right? Mm -hmm. I can't just be talking about it. I got to put this into action. And sometimes the action, people aren't okay with it, but I'm the one that's got to be okay with it. Yeah, that is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that will land. I know that will land with people and sometimes it requires an awful lot of no's. So it's interesting. And I want to ask you this as um, somebody in business who I've watched what you're creating, you get to a space where you have to say no or create boundaries with people that aren't going in the direction that you're going. Has there come a point where you've also had to create boundaries within your own business so that your business doesn't take over your life? That's a personal question I'm asking because this is, I'm so good at boundaries, but it's really been to my attention that I'm like, okay, wait, we're in pandemic. We're in isolation. I just get into work mode. Where else am I going to go? And then it's like, no, the business also has to have boundaries too, because I can't bring my best self to my business if I'm only ever working. Yeah. So Here's one thing you need to know about me from the age. I mean, I've had a job since I've been like 12. I used to go work at the bingo halls at summertime and run around and make money. You know, at the age of 16, had a full-time hostessing job or 14, had a whole time full-time hostessing job out of the house at the age of 16, obviously working right. Yep. Full-time. Yep. And so from a very young age, I've been working about seven days a week and you know, at some points it was to survive. At some points it was to, you know, supply my addiction. At some points it was to, it just, because it was ingrained in me and because of my work ethic, I've always been offered jobs. I hate like, and I'm not wanting to brag, but I've always been offered job opportunities. And I, I had a really hard time saying no, like, Oh, I I could go make a couple hundred more dollars tonight. Sure. Why not? Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that was the mentality that I had. And so I struggle, struggle with creating boundaries in my business. Let me just put it that way. I've gotten a lot better, but here's the thing. I'm a workhorse. I can sit here and work for 12, 14, 16, 18 hours. Like not yeah. a problem. Yeah. Um, not a problem. Coraline came over this weekend. She's like, you actually didn't work. And I was like, no, nope. I actually didn't work, but I'm getting the anxiety. Like I got to do things. Right. And so I have, I have set boundaries, but, um, it's only come because there have things that have come up in my life where I've been forced to set boundaries because my mental health took a plunge uh, because we were going through fertility treatments and, you know, Jesus, anybody who's gone through that, like any woman who's ever gone through that, I applaud you. Okay. You know, we've, we went through it for eight months and like who, what it does to me on the months where I'm popped full of hormones, I can't show up like I am. No. Right. No. But also there's this one thing that there's this bigger conversation that we've been having. So Corlin and I created Let's Launch Your Site together, which designed to scale is born, so on and so forth, because we were having this conversation. We were working like workhorses last year, like nonstop. You know, I can't believe the amount of websites, funnels, emails, like thousands and thousands of emails sent out last year that were pumped out from the two of us. <laughs> right. And we realized, man, like, we can't, we can't do this. Like you're trying to have a kid. I I don't want to be doing this when I'm 34. She's like five years younger than me. I don't want to be doing this when I'm 34. Like there's got to be a different way. Right. Yeah. And so what's worked for us at one point does not work for us anymore. And so that's, it's, it's about creating space. It's not only about creating the boundaries, it's about creating the space for the boundaries, right? Because when we want something new, we need to create space for that new thing. And that's the hardest thing. That's the hardest part about it is letting go to that comfort. Well, I know if I do this and I do this, I have X amount of clients, I have X amount of money coming in, but if I want to start this new thing or I want to work less, I have to create these things that I want to work less for. I have to create these systems and structures that I want to work less for. And so I need to create space for that. And that's a very scary place to be. Oh. And I probably just went on a tangent right there. And I'm really no, 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 you didn't. No, you didn't because you led me to something else. So here's the thing as entrepreneurs, it's hard to create space. It is hard to create space because we're always like filling that schedule because it's, you know, what, what else that brings in. And for those, just to give some context, um, I joined design to scale in the first group and design to scale is a program that Chantel and Corlin have put together and to teach you how to literally put the systems in place to scale your business. And 
they, I mean, this could be a tangent in itself, but so many entrepreneurs that I work with, they're like, I'll do that when I make X amount, or I'll do that when. And this first quarter, I have invested a tremendous amount of money and time in things that weren't my business. Let me just say this, for example. So I wasn't doing it in creating my programs, in like selling my programs. I was putting it into my accounting, my podcast support, and in my systems. And so it was a tremendous amount I invested, but I know what the space it's already opened up. And so I love the program that you both offer. But something that you said earlier, and I think is really important, is that when you were both working like crazy and helping so many people, you mentioned, and I think you did it in your notes here, but you mentioned that you realized that you were not empowering. Yeah people, women in their business, you were helping them, but it wasn't empowering them to be able to do it themselves. And there's also a limit of the amount of people you could help in the way that you were doing it. So I just, from listening to more of you and your story, it's like, I see such a parallel there that from what you have come through to what you're creating now in this sense that you are empowering others to like take that ownership in their business and making it possible. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe I should go back and explain a little bit of my own process so that people understand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody says their program is meant to empower people to make more money and this and that, but I am telling you like, and you know, firsthand, like this is like 10 plus years of business experience of actually going through the trenches of it myself, of Corlin actually going through the trenches of it herself, of really understanding what is needed to be able to succeed in today's day and age, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's not just giving you a fraction of it or a piece of the formula, it's literally giving it all to you, right? Yes. And so when I started out my business, God, years and years ago, right? Um, I went to school. I went to school for business and marketing. I went to school late. I went to school at the age of 25 because I was an uneducated uh, high school dropout, right? And I was supporting this relationship. So I was working like crazy. And when that relationship ended, I decided I need to go to school. And I remember the person saying to me, you think you're going to be able to do all these things without me? And it was like that light bulb moment where I was like, yeah, because you're the one that's holding back (laughs) and I'm allowing it. Right. Like, yes. yeah, I actually do think I could do all these things. Yes. So I went to school full time, two and a half years, no break school full time, summer year round. Um, and then I worked full time, too, because I had no idea. Like I had no idea how much money I, I didn't want to be in a bunch of school debt when I was done. And so I just worked year round. And when everything was d- said and done, I had the opportunity to get a really nice entry job at about forty thousand dollars a year. And I was like, fuck this, right? So I continued to bartend. I bartended three days a week, not even on weekends. And I made double that, right? Yep. Yep. So why would I do that? And then this whole relationship breakup thing happened and it pivoted me on this thing. I went on this spiritual retreat to Bali, this, that, and the other. And I was like, I'm fucking starting a business, like screw this. Right. And I taught what I knew. I taught what I knew, which was like helping women find themselves who thought the breakup was their reason that, you know, was a disaster in their lives. And that's why they were broken shell human beings and really just focusing on themselves. Right. And so it started off as that. And so I paid a nice hefty $10,000 to join this business mastermind, 10,000 us. So, you know, as much as I do, that's like 15,000, which was bullshit. It had nothing to do with business. Really. It was all personal development yet they promised the moon, the sun, the world that, you know, we would learn how to create a business. So whatever, I ate that one. And then I did all the things I thought you needed to do, right? The photo shoots, the building, um, building your website, the, the fucking business car. (laughs) I am dying. I love this episode. Keep going. Keep going. Like all of it, right? What I thought. And I'll never forget the day. I'll never forget this day, Marsha. Website goes live. And I'm now thinking, why the fuck am I not rich? Like, I don't understand. I have a website. Do people not know about me? Am I not just popping up in absolutely every search? There's like a million women I know out there that need my services. What the fuck is going on? 
And I was like, I was just destroyed. I'm okay. sorry like, for laughing. You're destroyed. No, it's it's like you need to laugh at it. I was destroyed. I was a shell of a human being. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, how am I not mm-hmm. a billionaire already? Mm-hmm. And then there was this pivotal point also that happened. I, I, you know, I've made really great friends and alliances um, on my years of bartending. Really great people, amazing connections. Like people want to hire me all the time, right? To do sales or blah, 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 this for them. And I just was always like, nah, whatever. And so this one, and I'm going to drop his name. He's going to love this. Mr. Jim Slomka. Just an amazing man. Just an amazing man. He worked in the Clorox industry for like his whole his whole career pretty much in the food industry and was really high up in the Clorox brand and just an amazing man. He said, Chantal, I need you. I need to introduce you to this woman. We just brought her on. She's our new spokesperson. Um, Dr. Sarah D she calls herself Dr. Sarah detox. She's changed it a little now her branding, but she, he's like, you guys will just get together along. I know it. Right. And so we sat down, he introduced us, we went for dinner and I was struggling at the time. Right. I showed up for dinner. I was like, put that brave face on. Yeah. 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 Business is going great. I'm doing so freaking fantastic. Like, and at the end, I'm like, I really hope I don't need to pay for this dinner. Cause I don't think I have the money to do it. Like that's I all love I love your realness. I love it. That's all I'm thinking about. Right. Like I don't have fucking money to pay for all three of you. And I probably should be right now. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So Sarah says she starts talking about when she started her business and she literally had like the exact same story as me. She went to school, naturopathic doctor. She's sitting there and, you know, she went to school. She got hired on as a clinic and she's thinking, this is my big break, right? Like who gets hired onto a clinic as soon as they're done, their doctorate, blah, 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 whatever. She said, I showed up the first day, went to the secretary. I was like, okay, can I have my client list for the day? And she was like, just kind of looked at her like, I'm sorry. Like there's no clients today. And she was like, oh. Okay. And she said, I probably did that for like the first week until I realized like no one is coming, right? Like no one is coming. And she said, Chantal, she's like, no one came. Like I I didn't get it. She's like, and then I realized people don't know, right? People don't know about me. They don't know. So she said, I would fall. I would go to the clinic every day. I put the brave smile on and, you know, I would die while I'm there the whole time. She's like, I would go home and I would fall asleep with my laptop on learning everything I could about marketing. And then it clicked. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I'm a marketing expert. I went to school for business and marketing, right? So this $5,000 website that I created all of a sudden came obsolete because it did not mesh with me wanting to run a course-based platform. Great. So now I paid another $5,000 to create a course-based platform website. So now I'm like 10K deep, nothing, still not much to show for it. And when I started trying to get information and help from people, which I thought I needed, even though I understand all of these things, I went to school for it. I thought I needed, you know, a business coach or this or that to show me how to do it. And when I started, you know, really diving deep in what people were offering, I was appalled. I was fucking appalled. I was like, mm-hmm. this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. I can't believe people are paying for you for this. This is bullshit. Right. And they were making lots of money, 10, 20, 30, $40,000 launches, $50,000 months. And I just thought this is bullshit. I can't. And so I switched instead. I said, I I can't do this anymore. Like I actually have to show people the proper techniques. I know them. I need to start implementing them and actually sharing this with women, what actually works. Mm -hmm. And so I got my foot out of my ass a little bit there and decided, you know, great, awesome. The two websites that were given to me, I could do nothing with nothing. I didn't know how to work them. I I needed to change one word. I had to reach out to someone, wait three to four days for an answer for change. Mm -hmm. And I just thought in the fast paced moving world that we live in, this is not what people need. No, and this is what people are getting duped in all the time. Oh, you need a website. Oh, you need this, right? Oh, you need this. Yep. But you don't, you don't have power over it at all. And so I made a decision at that point on that all I'm going to do is empower women to really be able to do their own thing. So I switched and I said, like, fuck, am I ever not going to be able to touch a website of mine and change something or a date or this? So I scrapped everything (laughs) 
And I got on with Kajabi, like when Kajabi was first starting, I still have like one of the first accounts promos. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I got, like, I can't even tell you the deal that I got was stupid, crazy that to the point that I have three websites with them for the price of the starter package. (laughs) Why not? Why not? Anyways. So, but you know what happened, which really sucks is that I ended up doing what people did to me thinking I was helping women. We do it from the space of like, our intentions are so good. It's not because we, I, I, I just elaborate a little bit more. I know exactly what you're saying, but if you can. Yeah. So people would be like, Oh, I need help. I need help. And they're so not tech savvy. And I'd be like, just let me do it. I'll teach you how I'll train you on it afterwards. Right. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is like, it's like, if you're trying to build something with someone, right. You take it apart. It's like someone's giving you all the pieces. Okay. Now put this back apart, but you didn't take it apart. So you have no sense of where any of these pieces should go. You're just trying to fucking put something together. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so that's kind of like what it was. I found the perfect platform for people to start, you know, scaling their businesses on. I know it very well. I know it inside and out. And I was still getting the same thing with people who were like, I don't understand. How do I change this? I don't know what an upsell is. How, what's an opt-in page? What are these things? And I just thought, I'm still doing them an injustice. I'm still, Mm -hmm. even though I think I'm helping them, I'm not helping them. Right. And that didn't sit well with me and didn't sit well with Coraline. We we were having these higher level conversations all year last year. Like, yeah, great. We're making, you know, multiple six figures between the both of us. We're crushing it. But we're also not allowing people to take what they need to take and and run with it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's when Design to Scale was born, pretty much. Love it. Um, and so Coraline spearheaded it. She did the beta program and I helped her plan everything out. We mapped it out. She's done all the trainings. Um, it's something we're really passionate about because if you don't know how your business works, you don't know how to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Paying someone else to do it is not the answer. Oh. I love that you said that. And I really want that message to land, especially for, for women. I've had so many multiple clients say, I don't have time to learn that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't either. I just chose to put it towards that. And now I, I can't, I just can't even imagine not knowing that and understanding, do I still know what I'm doing? God, no, like (laughs) it's just a different, it's a tech is a different language, but I have all these wonderful videos that I can go through when I want to learn something different and something different. And the beautiful thing is, is I've created more in the last three months than I did. Like I'm almost, well, in the last four months, I've almost created what I created all of last year combined. And I have not been working in my business to be completely transparent to people. I have been doing all of these other things. So it's there when you learn those things and you learn that in the beginning to create, you know, your, your offer, your thank you page hours. It took me the first time I did it hours. And yeah. now I can do them now. It's like, all oh, right, it goes this way, this way, this way. <laughs> You're yeah, like, dun, 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 dun. it's empowering. Yeah. I know that. That's so I thank you for that. I just want people to hear that it is learning, but it's empowering. And if it's, you know, all of these things that it's all part of your business and learning to do it yourself is empowering as opposed to handing it over and waiting for someone to get back to you and still not having a clue how to do it and probably paying someone too much money to do it. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? Like, let's break that down. Let's break exactly what you said down. Everybody thinks I have an online business. I need a website. Wrong. Last fucking thing you need. Why do you tell me one thing? Do you know who you're selling to, what you're selling to them? And do you know how to sell to them? No, no, no. Then why would you start off as a deficit? Why would you pay $5,000 for something just so that you can say you have credibility online? That's not going to give you the credibility. Everybody thinks that having a website is going to anchor their credibility. That's bullshit. You know, what's going to anchor your credibility, making money in your pocket, right? Paying, paying your mortgage this month, being able to feed your family, being Mm -hmm. able to, you know, put presents under the tree if you want, right. Not having to stress out at nighttime to make sure that you, you have enough money for X, Y, and Z. That's going to bring you credibility. Why? Because you're going to feel more empowered to show up. And when you feel more empowered to show up, 
more people see you, more people know what you have to offer, more people want what you have to offer. Mm. That's going to give you credibility. Right. And so we don't even focus on building websites until the last phase. It's, it's obsolete. I have, listen, I got on a call today. I couldn't freaking believe it. I can't even tell you the amount of people that reach out to me just because of some of the conversations that I have or some of the comments that I'll leave somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Obviously no fluff, but I thought someone was coming on for design to scale because that's what they booked that they commented on one of my design to scale posts. They booked a call. (laughs) It was like this huge company in Dubai that messaged me today that wanted help with something. And I thought, I don't even have a website, people. (laughs) I don't even have a website, right? Um, I'm like the mechanic who has the shitty car. That's me. But it's, but this is important. I think it's so important because like, I love that the website is the last thing that you do in the program. And this message, if you are a coach or you're thinking of coaching, you're thinking of starting your business, please let this land. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter because if I love, this is the other reason why it's important to offer your program, sell your program, then build your program. Because we think and I, I did this too. We think that we have to build the program with everything that I know. It's all the things that I know and that I can help people with. And I'm like, wait, but that's not what people want. That's not what people are asking. You have to build the proof of concept for what people are looking for support with. Then you build the program. And that's essentially what you've done. So I watched, I was in your first group that came through and I watched people go, but why are we not doing website? Why? Are we and I'm laughing the whole time going, cause I get that. I totally get it. And I still haven't even gotten to the website section of the program. I still haven't. It'll come. And I'm sorry. How much money did you make this year? Three times? Or you've already made what you made last year? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, just wanted, just wanted people to know that, you know? in the first four months have made what I made all of last year with losing a job, starting a job in a pandemic and starting my business and having back surgery. So yes, like last year was a tough year, but I still generated, I still generated some last year and this year, yes, in the first quarter. So, and I'm celebrating the fact that the systems are in place that that's only going to continue to go up. Yeah. And, and I think that's what people get wrong all the time is you know, people look at us like, oh, well, it's really tech heavy. And it's like, it's not tech heavy. It is tech heavy, but what it is, is it's system heavy in terms of we teach you how to make money, right? We teach you how to make money before you do anything else. We teach you how to bring your concept to life before anything else. And I love what you said. Listen, I'm still having conversations with people for the last three years. I like, oh yeah, I'm still working. I want to get my business started. They still mm-hmm. haven't done it, right? Because they're still working on it, waiting for the right time. They're still spending all their time creating a course and you nailed it. Like you nailed it. Yeah. The proof of concept, right? You're building what you, yes, it's worked for you. You're building what you think is going to work for other people, but you don't know until people go through it. Mm-hmm. And if you've spent 10 months, a year building this program and then bringing it to life and then you realize oh shit, like I'm not getting results. And now I'm not even selling it. Yeah. Right. I'm not even selling it. Like that's 10 months wasted. I would rather you have spent done three, four five different launches in that 10 months and really finesse what was going on in your business. So that in 10 months time, you're breaking it in. I love that. I love that. I just, I love, thank thank you so much for sharing all that. And I think it's really important because I know there's a lot of women who listen to this and people in business wanting to coach, wanting to do things. And I think that wherever you are in the trajectory, you have to allow yourself to try, redirect, learn, redirect. People go, I don't know what to name my program. I'm like, I've changed my name five times. Yeah. You know, we get so hung up on, it's so funny what we think is so important right? Let me tell you what the most important thing you can do in your business is on a daily, uh, on a daily Mm -hmm. is to take messy fucking action. The messiest action ever is what is going to bring you success. Because as long as you're taking that action, you know, you're putting one foot in front of the other. As long as you're taking action, you're learning things. You're learning what works. You're learning what doesn't work. You're learning what you enjoy. You're learning what you don't enjoy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and people think, 
Well, I don't, I'm not, and and I hate this. And I'm just going to be so honest. I fucking hate this with a passion. Like with a passion is when people's like, your time is so valuable. Um, you need to outsource that outsources, outsource it. So everybody starts a business thinking, I need someone to do my social media for me. I need someone to do my, this for me. And the problem is, is you don't have a pulse on your business. You don't know what the fuck is going on. You are lit. You have no idea. And the, what, why we created design to scale is we wanted you to empower, to understand Mm -hmm. what is going on. And not pay someone else to build your business because they're going to build it the way they think it should be built. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's not empowering to you. You need to be able to understand what goes on behind the scenes, whether you like it or not. And you can make that decision in two, three, four months, a year down the line. When you're starting to make money, you understand what you want. Mm-hmm. That's when you outsource. Oh. Right, you don't outsource someone to build your business for you. You're doomed before you start. Don't start a business if you're not willing to learn. If you're not willing to master something you're not good at, and and under, at least understand it before mm-hmm. you pass it on to someone. Because if you're not giving able to give direction, it's not your business. You might as well just be investing in someone else's business and just hope you're getting returns on it. Yeah, I I just want that to land for everybody because that was just a major mic drop moment. I love it, love, love, love it. And I do, I, I have lived exactly what you're saying and I'm so grateful for all of it because this is the first time I've actually paid for support for my podcast this, this year. Mm-hmm. And it was just literally, I was looking at the amount of time I was spending, what it was. It was very hard for me to do because I wasn't generating right podcasting. We don't generate money. We attract clients and we do attract people, but it's not necessarily a money generator. And so now I've had it this year and it's like, I, I mean, we've slowly done it in stages, right? Adding a little bit more and a little bit more. And it's fantastic. And people say, well, that's easy for you. Cause you have support. I'm like, yeah, after episode 200, I got support. I did all of that myself. Like I literally did that myself. And now I'm starting to get help and support. And that has been a major growing process for all of us. And it's been awesome. I've loved it, but you have to have an idea of how you want it to work, what it's going to look like before you just hand it over to someone else. So if you don't, then you don't know what to expect, right? You're like, you don't know what you should be expecting. And I think this brings it around full circle Mm -hmm. to the accountability that we were talking about in the beginning. Yes. Right. That ownership part is that I cannot completely say that, Um, you know, if I say to do a, then I'm going to get result B, right. Right. I have this expectation of how my business runs because I've run it that way. Mm -hmm. Right. So I can, I can lead you to support me, not the other way around. I shouldn't be hiring you to lead my business. Mm -hmm. I can lead you to support me in the areas that I need support in. Mm-hmm. In the areas where my my zone of genius is is meant somewhere else, but but I know that this is what I need, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, yeah, that's that's a really controversial piece, I think, in the coaching industry. And I, oh, I just like to call it as it is. I love like, that you address <laughs> that. No, so good because that is something that I said all the time. There is a time when you do have to delegate. There is a time, and that's all part of your systems. And scaling and being able to do those things, but you have to have an idea and you've got to get some understanding. So is there a lot of grunt work in the beginning of business and a lot of falling and messy action and failing? Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Still is. I'm years and years and years into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you just like, you just come to learn that those things that you thought mattered don't matter. Right. Right. The things that you thought other people were going to care about they don't care about and they don't matter to you. They shouldn't matter to you. The only thing that matters is like, listen, you didn't become a business to become a charity case. You became a business to make money. Start treating yourself like it. Start treating yourself like you are a business. Start treating yourself like you're walking into Apple and you're giving that Apple store the respect it deserves. Start treating yourself that way. So every single lesson that you have just shared and trust me, I trust, I I knew you were going to be great in the show, but Every single lesson that you shared 
just in case you're listening, parallels completely to life too. Oh, yeah. Right? It's just like those lessons are so important in our own personal lives as equally as they are important in business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love it. I have loved everything you have shared. You've shared so much, so many nuggets. And I'm grateful for you for doing this because I think that we've been able to put a light on what business can look like. But also, this is my own personal belief, so much of what we do and what we can step into, which is where our strength is, comes from the stories that we've lived, who we are, what we've experienced, and learning how to bring that out into business. And I just see you doing exactly that. Oh, thank you. Does that make so good? I'm like sweaty, but only because like, not because I'm nervous, but because like when the passion gets into me, I like, you well, you can see me face to face. Like I start getting yeah. going and like, I'm hot now. <laughs> Took my slippers off. I'm sweaty. <laughs> but that's the whole point, right? The things that light you up is what you're meant to do more of. I'm meant yeah. to do more of like you literally, like the stories that we've lived and the things that we can talk about, you can literally do. I say, what can you talk about with no notes? What is something you can talk about? Because that's your clue. Like that's your clue of where you're meant to be and what you're meant to do. So I absolutely love what, what you're both doing. I love you both. I, I love what you're both doing. And it's just oh. going to continue to help so many more women. Honestly, I just love it. Absolutely love yeah, it. Our- our goals are big on how many women we want to help. So, you know, anybody who's listening to this, I'm just going to drop myself a little line here, but anybody who is listening to this, just reach out. If you have any questions, just reach out. And where do you both hang out the most? Corlin's episodes coming up soon. So yes. Oh, that's exciting. Um, So we both hang out, you know, either on Instagram for me, I'm there. And then we have a Facebook group called goals and growth. Um, or my own Facebook. I mean, I'm always open to just having conversations with anybody, however they reach out. So love it. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I would say what my handle is, but it's like really French. So I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes. Or I will. Thank you for doing that. Cause sometimes people spell it out with this underscore that I'm like, it's, it's okay. It's going to be in the show notes. Don't worry. <laughs> Cause it's so, yeah, yeah, no one's going to remember that. It's going to be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so a couple questions I have for you and you have said it, I just want you to tie a bow with it is mm-hmm. what impact do you want to create in this world? You know what? The biggest impact I want to create is just being able to, you know, I see, I see the life that my family is still living, right? I see the restrictions that there are. And I think my biggest mission is to be able to empower women, especially to know that, you know, you can work hard for anything that you want. Mm-hmm. And, and I never promise anybody that anything is going to be easy. I don't, nothing is easy, right? Nothing that's worth having in your life is easy because we'd all have it. Right. And so I want to empower women that, yes, you can build your own business and very successful. But what I'm not promising you is that means beaches every day and this and that right? That means allowing to leave a legacy for your family. So my, my, my hope and my mission is to be able to help women create legacies. Mm, I love that. And what a great, what a great way to tie that up because that's, it's just very near and dear to your heart. You can hear it. So Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it. I have loved every single thing about our conversation and as real and raw as it is, because that's like totally my jam. People are like, can I swear? And I'm like, if it comes out, I'm good with it. I'm like so good with it. Um, <laughs> I am. It's just, and I, it's funny and you'll appreciate this, but I, there was a point in time where I realized like I wasn't showing up as authentically as I am. I'm very bold. I can be very brass and I don't have a problem swearing. And I was told so many times, you can't do that. You can't act like that. And I'm like, but I can't fake being me. And I used, I remember a mentor saying to me, if, if you act like that online and then a client decides to work with you and the first session you hit them with that, they're like, you're going to scare people because they don't know it. So I went, okay, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to be me. And I'm going to let that show. I had so many people go, I think this is very inappropriate of you to act like this online. I'm like, well, you're not my client. Like I don't care. Like I don't care. So I love that you just own that piece. That to me is ownership showing up who you are. So I love that. 
Thank you. You're welcome. The yeah. last question I have for you is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? <sighs> Big one. I, it's so funny because it's like basically how we started off this conversation. Right. But I think basically is that, I don't know if it's more a lesson or a theme, It's fine. but I think it's more that like, you know, everything's always happening for the greater good of me, regardless if I think it's bullshit in the moment, mm-hmm. right. Everything is always happening for me mm-hmm. and that, you know, if I can just surrender to that, I think surrender would be the biggest lesson. Mm -hmm. It's like just surrender to what's coming up and keep moving forward. I love it. I love that. And I love that too, because I think that there's this misconception that business hard ass, put your head down and surrender. Don't go together. And I think that's wrong. I think, yeah. yeah. I love that you've, you've shared that part of you because I a hundred percent I'm with you. I think you can be, the hard ass and, and be that person and also be the one who goes, that's not mine to own. I'm going to let that go. That's surrender. Yeah. I mean, I'm a hard, I'm as hard as they come. <laughs> I, told you, I, I told you I was not lying. For those of you listening, I actually pers- I don't do this very often. I personally reached out and I'm like, okay, Chantal, I would love to do a podcast with you. And you're like, I don't know. And I'm like, don't trust me on this one. So I knew I had a feeling. But yeah, I no, I am like when it comes to like putting in the work, I, I will get my elbows, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm elbow deep in everything all the time. Like, that's just how I am. Like nothing will stop me. I'm, I'm very, that's just, I, I don't know if it's, I'm stubborn or whatever it may be, but there is also that very understanding spiritual side of me that like knows that like everything is working out the way it's meant to. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so Love it. Don't, don't let the hardness fool you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all said out of love. You'll see that on my post many times. I say it out of love. I don't care if you don't receive it or not, but I'm saying it out of love. I mean yeah. it well. I don't I do not do it to hurt anybody, but I am very honest. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you it's so much. Awesome. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.